The San Jose Barracuda drop a 5-4 decision to the Coachella Valley Firebirds. We are going to do that, and we are also going to talk about your ideas for trades for the San Jose Sharks. This is Teal Tinted Glasses, and it starts right now. The But if you want to be part of the show, be sure to hit us up on all the social media. If you want to help the show or help the channel grow, hit like, hit subscribe, do all that fun stuff that you're supposed to do. If we get something terribly wrong, let us know in the comments. If we get something incredibly right, let us know in the comments. It's how we do things here. <clears throat> Tonight, I am joined by Kevin Lacey and Jules, and it is TTG. Uh, we're going to start with the Barracuda game. Because uh, that's kind of what we cover on TTG. And then we are going to have some fun with some Sharks trades that uh, you guys have submitted. And we're going to try and go through and, and see if we uh, if we like, if we don't like. Who says no? I don't know. We'll find out. Consider uh, this the, the, the pre-primer for the trade deadline coming up in about two weeks or so. So we'll have fun with this, guys. We, we, we do still talk Sharks on this program from time to time, so... <laughs> it'll be fun i like puck guy in the chat can can i get a gary bettman for for puck guy's comment in the chat uh oh uh, <laughs> we have trades to analyze the trade deadline is just two weeks and two days away tomorrow is 2 24 it's gonna be a good one it's gonna be a doozy all right um jules how you doing i'm good how about yourself i am fantastic uh kevin is with us obviously kevin how are you doing yeah i'm here too i'm not not just gary bettman but i'm here too so i have a bone to pick with a fan at the end of the show oh. but for all of you who oh. who delivered such great uh trades to analyze today yeah it's going to be a, a good one so thanks for submitting all your uh, your ideas and stuff we got a lot of good feedback so and yes. if you're uh, you know if you didn't have time to send in a trade and you have an idea of what the shark should do or shouldn't do feel free to list it in the chat and we'll uh, we'll try and get squeeze it in for you 100 percent uh all right um so the barracuda as of tonight are now 17 24 and 8 uh, they are last place in the Pacific. They are 28th in the AHL. Uh, their power play is, uh, after tonight's game, it is 19.1%, uh, which is good for 14th uh, in the AHL. I think it's still 7th in the Pacific. I don't have the updated penalty kill numbers, but they're pretty terrible. Uh, they dropped a half percent. They're still 31st. All right. They're still so, horrible. Yeah, so is, they're, yeah. They're, they're last in the Pacific, and they are second of last uh, in the AHL. I think only the Iowa Wild. Uh, have a worse penalty kill than That's the Barracuda. Correct. You can take you can take our our ticket salesmen and our uh, <laughs> media reps and our uh, business directors and our event presentation directors, but you can't take away our thirty first spot on the penalty kill Iowa Wild. So, booyah! Yeah, take that. Um. <laughs> Look at uh, the story of this season in San Jose, whether it be in the NHL or the AHL, has been 
basically missing bodies uh, all year. So I'm going to give you a quick rundown of who was missing tonight. Um, Lynn Blom was out with an illness. Uh, seems like there's something going around the Barracuda room because it seems like every game someone else is sick. Uh, LaRock, Robbins, and Gushkin all injured, which makes my heart hurt. Uh, Mukmadulin also banged up, but he yeah. seems like he should be back sooner than... I mean, as soon as they would tell us, because the thing with the Barracuda is, is, is the teal curtain is very real and it is nowhere thicker than it is on the Barracuda. But from the sounds of things, Mukamadulin is a lot closer to coming back than Robin Skushin or Lorac. Um, healthy scratches tonight was Ko, um, Texaria and Haskinen. Um, and then that leaves uh, Nijov and Makinyemi as big unknowns. And that is my question. Where in the world is Carmen San... No, E2 Makinyemi. That's what I want to know. You know, I thought that E2 Makinyemi was on that illness train with Oscar Lindblom. I mean, who knows? Uh, given how long Lindblom has been out now with illness, you, you, you wonder if the big C word is playing into, into that. But I thought Makinyemi was also at one point ruled out due to illness but now here we are guys uh what four or five games in he's dropped off the injury report and same with Nikolai Kanijov and mm -hmm. now it's to the point where neither of them are ever mentioned on the report and that's a bit concerning yeah I mean because I think like it's funny because like McAniemi is a guy to me like obviously injuries have been an issue here and I wouldn't like would I be shocked if the, the Sharks are like, yeah, we just we don't want to talk about another McAniemi injury. That's just not something we want to talk about. But it sucks because, like, I thought that before he disappeared again, his game was kind of rounding back into shape. Like, no, I don't know I if mean, you guys agree with me or not, but I thought... No, it was. I think he had his best game of the season before he just disappeared again or whatever's going on right now with him. Um, but, yeah, he arguably had his best game of the season. I don't remember if it was a shutout. It was quite close to when I remember, but, like really good game and then either the injury bug or the illness bug caught up i mean this team has just been demolished with injury didn't this happen last year kevin like didn't mac and Yemi get a shout out and then we never saw him again <laughs> actually i think that is what happened oh, he uh he threw he dislocated his hip trying to uh trying to save make saves for this team and i mean i don't sometimes you don't blame him especially when you just take penalty after penalty after penalty uh, eventually, um, you're just going to be in physical demolition uh, trying to stop the Coachella Valley power play that was tonight, for oh, example. What a game. Yeah, so let's let's get into this game here. Um, I'll, I'll kind of give us a run-through of the goals um, as best I can, as, as best as I can remember and describe them. Because I have to remember that like, not everyone like that watches this show is, was able to watch the game, so... I, I'm, I'm going to try and be a little more descriptive with how the goals went in. Um, I did actually gift the game tonight. I, I forgot to do it on the proper account. So it's on my account. If you want to go out in blocks hockey, you can, you can see some gifts of tonight's games. Uh, Coachella Valley opens the scoring. Um, Andrew Podorowski uh, scored a goal. Uh, so basically he had way too much time in front of the net. He kind of faked a shot. Simic, Shimmick kind of bit on it. I didn't think Shimmick had a good game tonight, to be completely honest. Uh, I'm with you on that. Shimmick bit on it, and then he's kind of like, he couldn't really reposition, right? Because like once you've already kind of bit on a move, it's, it's hard as a defenseman to try and figure out what you're going to do from there. And he kind of froze him. Like he was kind of, 
he kind of did the worm. I don't I don't know how to describe I'm, it. I'm, no, I'm glad you brought that up, Ian, because, yeah, Shimmick got completely faked out by the fake shot. And then he got in that no man's land where do I stay in front and try and block this thing or do I just get out of the way and hope my goalie makes a save? And he chose the latter and it didn't work. <laughs> I was going to say he did neither. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't yeah. reposition. Uh, and the shot beat uh, Makaniemi, or not Makaniemi. Why do I have Makaniemi here? I have Makaniemi on the brain. Beat Magnus Krona, who was the starter tonight. Uh, stick side low for, to give the uh, Firebirds a one-goal lead. Uh, Max McCormick would score a goal not too long after. Uh, Max McCormick uh, gets the puck in front of the net. Uh, Frisch can't contain him. Made some really nice moves, like just dancing in a broom closet um in close and put the puck around corona and at this point i'm like oh this is gonna be a long night um any thoughts on the on the second goal just uh not so much thoughts on the second goal maybe you have something jules but i was just thinking the first 15 minutes i didn't really like magnus corona in net tonight i thought he was kind of falling back to what i've complained about in the past on these shows he was kind of sloppy out of control i felt like after the 15 minute mark he really settled in uh and it was noticeably different i don't know what the shot differential was at that point but i know that coachella valley was continuing to bring it and it seemed like something just changed uh with him and and he was much better but uh yeah it was just more of the same with coachella valley at tech cu arena where all right it's a one nothing two nothing three nothing first period lead for the road team yeah i mean i think he was left just alone with corona like just in front of the net because i think the defense got pulled up forward or something i don't know it's cuda defense who the fuck knows what they're doing (laughs) but um yeah, he was just left alone. And I was like, there's nothing Krona can do there because I think he just deked him out. Yeah, um, I mean, so it was that, just like... I didn't really blame that, but like, I don't know. It was just a bad defensive play, but I could say that about every goal at this point in the season. Yeah, just Frisch just couldn't do anything to to stop him. And it was like I, like the amount of space that he worked yeah. with, that McCormick had to work with. Like, it was a pretty nice goal, it, you know, if it wasn't for the yeah. fact that this made it 2 nothing Firebirds. <laughs> um like it but i you know credit where credit is due it's a nice goal because i think you know it's like like i said kind of dancing in a broom closet because he didn't have a he didn't have a lot of room to work with and he made the most of the space he had um the barracuda though would uh come back uh and get on the board um kyle rao scores uh it's a power play goal todd passed it to mcdonald who put a shot on the net uh rao catches uh, basically fishes out the rebound and uh, beats Drager to make it 2-1 Firebirds, or yeah, 2-1 Firebirds at that point. Uh, Jacob McDonald gets his first point as a uh, San Jose Barracuda. Were you guys surprised that the Sharks put him through waivers? Like, that of all the guys they chose to put through waivers, he was the guy to go down? Not after the Vegas game, no. I mean, I thought everyone looked bad during that game. It's, but... it's actually funny because I thought McDonald was one of the better forwards in that game for yeah. the Sharks. But I felt like he really was uh, was uh, moving his feet in that game. But I, yes, Ian, I to answer your question, I was surprised that he was sent down for the f- simple reasoning of what took so long. Like, and this is yeah. it's not a, necessarily a slight on Jacob McDonald, but I thought he would have been sent down months ago. Uh, based on based on the roster at the time when Thrun came up, I thought for sure that's the that's the nail and, in the coffin yeah. for McDonald's time in San Jose, at least as a shark. Uh, but obviously, David Quinn moved him up to forward uh, and gave him kind of some new life. I know that in the past, I believe 
It was for uh, the New Jersey farm team in Binghamton at the time, but it may have been the uh, the Avalanche system. I know he played forward and was pretty vocal about not enjoying playing forward. Uh, so <laughs> David Quinn forced his hand in that in that regard if he wanted to stay in the NHL. Now back in the AHL, John McCarthy had him playing back on the blue line. And I, I don't know for you guys, what did you think about McDonald's performance? Because I thought I thought he was a little bit shaky at times, but at the same time, I needed to remember he's an offensive defenseman. He's kind of always been shaky defensively. So I didn't know if it was just a trying to get used to being on the, the the back end again, or if it was just typical Jacob McDonald. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, like I was surprised they sent him down because I think he's been like, again, Jacob McDonald's not my favorite player, but I think he's been a really good soldier this year for the Sharks, Yeah, Right. Like he's kind of done anything they've asked him to do now. Could you argue that, you know, instead of playing Jacob McDonald at forward, could you have not called up somebody else and played them at forward in their actual position? Yeah, of course you could say that. And I wouldn't disagree with that either. Um, for me, I think it's in the, it's it's nice for the Barracuda to get him down, though, because obviously with Leon Gavanke being gone now, they're going to need a little help from the blue line. I think Jacob McDonald can, I don't know if he can replace Leon Gavanke per se, but I think he can be a guy who can definitely make up some of that loss no yeah i mean i thought he looked i think at the start he did not look great but he definitely helped the cuda like he set up i don't remember like two or three of those goals eh um so he definitely looked well and i think the i think it'll help if the cuda actually want to make a playoff push like he's the type of guy who will help on the blue line get some offense going because they're lacking like all their like best scores right now in gushkin and robbins um i mean yeah so. Yeah, that Tristan Robbins injury, uh, that's a tough one. That happened at the end of the last game, I believe, against Bakersfield, where he got he got slashed in the back of the ankle by Alex Peters. Alex Peters, the uh, uh, definitely a known quantity uh, in Scott Sabarin's mind this season. Um, yeah, so that's kind of why that game, that game broke down there. And so hopefully Robbins is back soon. But losing Gushchin few weeks ago and losing Robbins the Barracuda got Jack Stanika back tonight which was great uh especially considering I think he would have been called up by the Sharks to fill in a, a spot if he wasn't hurt himself um so Stanika came back uh Valtteri Pooley came back um so they did get a couple of bodies back but not not the main names on this team they're still a little banged up but uh, Kyle Rao filling in again there, getting another goal. I think that's three in the last four games, and they were all right around the crease. In fact, I think I think the first two goals uh, he scored in that that streak, he was literally in the crease when he <laughs> scored. So this was the furthest one out at about 20 inches is what I estimated. So. Yeah. Um, okay, so the uh, Barracuda, um, Scott Sabarin scores uh, his 12th of the season. Uh, you know, Todd had control of the puck on the left, uh, to the left of Dreger, and then um, Sabrin was able to to get um, wide to his right. Kind of no one, you know, just kind of snuck back. No one was there really covering him. Todd gets him the puck. Great pass, better shot. Uh, Dreger can't do anything about it, and uh, it's a 2-2 tie game. Yeah, that was a nice play set up just from the start. Um, I don't remember which player was in the corner. It was either Todd or Castles. It was Castles. But... It was Castles in the corner. 
Uh, I believe Todd came in on the rush, fed him, Castles fed him back, and then that's when Todd got it over to Sabarin. And yeah. Sabarin had a very interesting start to the game. I think just overall, very physical first period we haven't mentioned. Uh, yeah. Extremely physical. It was uh, yeah. borderline agitating for me, given my personal hockey game that I played last night. That was you know, a lot of similarities there. But uh, teams were really, both teams were really, at each other's throats and um, good on Sabrin for at the time staying out of the penalty box to <laughs> score that goal. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, Jules. No, I was just saying Sabrin had like the good and the bad this game. Like yeah. there are some moments where I was like, yeah, you go Sabrin. And there's other moments where like, you gotta be kidding me, Sabrin. Why are you doing that right now? It's kind of like the same thing with Ozzy. Like I have the same debacle with Ozzy. He does something that, like he laid out another guy today, just flat out. I don't remember at what period, but he killed That's a man crazy. again for like the eighth. It was game early in this. Pro. It was early in this. In fact, really I think insane, it was yeah. right after the Scott Sabarin goal. I can't remember who he hit. Yeah, but. he just absolutely laid out a man. Um, and then you know, then they take dumb penalties, and we're back at where we were. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So the Barracuda get their first lead of the game and their only lead of the game, unfortunately. Uh, Nathan Todd, um, who I thought had a great game tonight. I think Nathan Todd's been such a good player for the Barracuda this year. Again, I still don't get it, but it works. Me neither. So keep doing your thing, Nathan Todd. The yeah. memes in the Discord are helping Nathan Todd, y'all. <laughs> yeah, Todd carries the puck into first. the face-off circle, um, and Dreger doesn't really get set. He kind of opens his five-hole, and Todd like makes no mistake. sees the five-hole open, and... Puts the puck into the back of the net. Um, 3-2 Barracuda. It, you know, things are looking really good for, for the Barracuda at this point. Um, and then things kind of go off the rails, unfortunately. Um, Penalties. Yeah. So Ethan Cardwell takes a pretty unnecessary offensive zone penalty. Um, it, you know, there's nothing. What do you like? There's no reason to take this penalty. This game was really rough. Um, it got to the point where the referees were like, we're taking one guy. So if you guys want to keep this up, there's going to be power plays all night. And there was, um, uh, Logan Morrison, um, basically they put on like Ethan Cardwell takes a penalty. Coachella puts just a clinic, uh, a power play clinic. Um, and Ethan Morrison gets the puck, shoots through a ton of bodies, beats Corona games tied three, three at this point. Uh, and then, th- and this is, this is to me, this is the turning point of the game. This is where it all goes wrong because at the end, then Sabrin takes a penalty. Um, and he basically goes through, uh, Chris Dreger. The puck goes through Chris Dreger. Sabrin goes through Chris Dreger. Uh, so <laughs> the puck crosses the line, but obviously like this is as big as goaltender interference as it comes uh, in the league, so he takes he gets a two minute penalty for uh, goaltender interference. What did you think of the goaltender interference call? Because I feel like, you know, he didn't really. I guess he didn't really need help going through the net though. Like no one pushed him into the goalie, so like I get he, it. I think it's he just a kind of went in. Like I I think he had too much momentum to stop himself from going in though. That's what it I did will seem say. like a momentum thing, Jules. Uh, I mean, he he should have made an attempt. I think if he makes an attempt to stop. Maybe there's a chance that a uh, defenseman comes into contact with him to yeah. where it looks dressed up enough that, man, hey, it's AHL officiating. Sure. We, we've seen <laughs> we've seen worse get let go for goals. So uh, but yeah, that, that was just a no brainer or um, on 
I guess, no-brainer for the refs to call that and a no-brainer decision by Sabarin to just decide, just you know what, I'm going to see which one of us can stay standing. It yeah. was not the goalie. Yeah, I think, like, you're right. Yeah. I think if he I think if he tries to stop, then maybe he, it's a situation where maybe, okay, the goal's coming back, obviously, but maybe you don't end up in the box at the same time. Um, and yeah. then at the end of the period, Sabarin comes out, whistle blows, and he takes another penalty, right? And it's just like... <laughs> It's it's the it's Jeff VL syndrome. That's what it is. Scores oh, that's a, a good goal. Pick. Except oh, Jeff VL doesn't really score. Well, actually, I should not say that. But like, um, no, I just with Sabbath again. It's giveth and taketh. Like he's an agitator. He's going to agitate the opponent. Yeah, but the yeah, Kuda have yeah. so many of those right now. He, like, he was every just other guy is an kill. agitator. He was just kind of off kilter, I think, at that point. Like he got through the first period. Coachella was clearly trying to goad him into penalties, yeah. and and uh, it was Ian McKinnon was trying to get him to fight, and he wouldn't, which I thought was great because Scott Sabarin is starting to get a little bit high up on the fighting major count, and he needs to cool it if he wants to be able to finish out the season. Uh, so uh, I, it was actually nice to see Artem Guryev step up and, yep. and get in a fight with uh, someone. I don't remember who it was, but um, I actually I think it was John Hayden. Um, so Sabarin didn't have to fight that particular battle. But then he just kind of lost his head there, especially at the end of the second period. I mean, there's a player down in the corner, a Firebirds player down in the corner. And he just unnecessarily shoves him or cross checks him yeah. or something. And then the pile comes in. And as the linesman's pulling away, Sabarin, I think Sabarin realizes Swinging. he's going to get a penalty. So then he just starts throwing punches at any mm -hmm. player in white. <laughs> and it's, he's actually lucky that he didn't get a 10 minute misconduct yeah, or or sure. four in a 10. Um, he's lucky he only got the two. It was it was a little bit out of control, and unfortunately, um, with the Firebirds power play, um, I mean they only got five opportunities tonight. Despite all the penalties we're talking about, they only got yeah. five power play opportunities, but they scored three times. Yeah, they just cashed in on all of them. Like there was no stopping it. Yeah. So starting the uh, in the second, uh, starting the third period. Sorry, uh, Logan Morrison scores again. Um, he, you know, again, Barracuda start the. You know they start the, the the period, killing off a penalty, and the firebug the firebirds basically hem the barracuda in their zone. No one's able to change it. Pretty much the whole two minutes, like this goal comes right at the end of the power play. Uh, Cole Lind finds Morrison in front of the net with a pass. He easily beats Krona, who I think was trying to move to. I think he just read the play wrong and was trying to move towards Lind, and he was going one way. The puck went the other, and pretty easy goal for logan morrison unfortunately to make it uh four three firebirds just again it's unfortunate right because i think the barracuda you look at the roster we talk about the the way that they are shorthanded i thought they played the coachella firebirds really hard this game and i think to you know you had to lead it and you kind of let it go uh to finish up oh. the game go sorry go ahead kevin i was just saying uh the last game in Palm Desert was the first time the Barracuda ever beat the Firebirds. Is that correct? Or that was is, that the game before that? Uh, I think it was the that, game before. The last game. Yeah, it was the game before that because last time before they got that, shut right. out. So, I mean, yeah. the team finally has a little bit of belief that they can they can beat the Firebirds. But uh, you're not going to be able to beat them the way they, they play tonight. They were in the game. Mm -hmm. And it was a damn good, like, entertaining game. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, there was just... Uh, 
you know, the whole Herb Brooks saying from Miracle about uh, a bunch of monkeys humping a football. That's what <laughs> both teams looked like tonight. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And here's and that's the thing. Like, I think uh, just to wrap this up here quick, uh, Devin Shore would score on an empty net. Um, but the Barracuda do try and make it a little bit interesting with a minute left in the game. Uh, Jack Stidnika. Uh, deflects an Ethan Cardwell shot uh, behind Dreger, and it's 5-4. Unfortunately, with a minute left, the Barracuda can't get much more going. Um, again, I think, look at I've watched way worse Barracuda games this season. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is frustrating for the way they lost, but I, you, but this was a, you know, this was a good game. I enjoyed this game a lot. Um, yeah, I don't like the outcome, but the Barracuda, the, you know, frustrating the way they lost it, sure, but I, I like I said, I've watched way worse Barracuda games this year. Um, the Barracuda, I give, I'll give them a lot of credit. Coachella's a really good team. Um, and, you know, and the Barracuda played them hard, missing a lot of bodies. Yeah, no, I this was probably one of the better games I've seen them play against Coachella, just because Coachella kind of just has their number. I, d I don't know why the Sharks just always get numbered by the expansion team. Don't know why. Uh, so Utah or whoever gets the next team, you will own the Sharks. Bad. Um, so I don't know. Like, hopefully this they they've been doing they've been playing a lot better recently. I do have to give them that. So I can tell there's kind of a push going. Uh, again, I don't think they make the playoffs, but we'll see. I mean, they have played like you know, Kevin. They they've been playing better lately. I mean, they, they you know, I think they're I think they're what maybe five and four in their last five four and one now. I think. Uh, let's see if I can quickly pull this up because I did want to look that look at that. I just got I got the special team. I think there were numbers six, up here. So. Six three they're... and one before the before. Okay, this so game. they're five four and one in their last ten. Yeah, so yeah. they did they they got picked up an extra loss there uh, on in that category. But yeah, I mean uh, the last what three shows we've done we've said the Barracuda were either in thirtieth or thirty first in the league, so they at least climbed back up to twenty eighth. I mean that's. 28th is 28th, but at least it's yeah. something. Um, and and they are just they're overall performing better. Um, I think that the Gavanka trade, though, it looks bad optically, it is giving some guys some opportunities um, who haven't there. You know, I, I've wanted to see Walteri Pooley get more ice time. Not that I, I, I don't know if there's an NHL player there, mm -hmm. but I think that he has been inconsistently deployed and you got to give that guy reps, uh, if he's going to become an NHL player, like a lot of people thought he might be, uh, going into last off season when he was a, a hot ticket free agent, um, out of yeah. Finland. Uh, but even like Roman Canal, I thought has looked pretty good after spending this entire season in Wichita, um, kind of the the odd man out after being one of the only college free agents retained from last year. Uh, Canal, I think, is performing better. Uh, Anthony Vincent is is uh, a good one to get back in the lineup again for a game like tonight where. Um, it's a lot more physical. I mean, he was right in the mix. Uh, he scored his first pro goal in his la in his uh, return game. So it's we're we're starting to see the the effort there. I think I almost feel like everything we complained about in our midseason rankings about the team's philosophy and how they're deployed and everything changes are finally coming. I don't yeah. think it took our podcast to make it happen, but 
maybe it did. I don't know. But finally, someone within the organization identified what we've been crying about all year. Um, so I think overall, yeah, tonight the penalties really killed killed the team. But um, the defensive structure has been a lot better. And guess what? When defensive structure is better, usually you can break the puck out better. And then guys like Bortolo and Rao and Gushin, if he gets back in the lineup soon, um, we'll be able to do a lot more offensively. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I even like Gurriev's game today. And I like Gurriev's not my guy at all. But I kind of liked his game tonight. I thought he, you know, again, you're talking about like when they were trying to get Sabrin to go and he kind of stepped in so that Sabrin, you know, could kind of keep cool. It obviously didn't work right till the end of the game. But, yeah, you know, I, I thought that was a good shout when you mentioned that. Um, and man, yeah, like... Like Guriev have likes to Gur- hit people. Yeah. Guriev's another one. The last the last game against Coachella Valley, he took out Andrew Podorowski with a, a high hit and was mm-hmm. thrown out of the game. I yeah. uh, I heard the league Drew Remenda said it on the broadcast that I guess the league rescinded his suspension. Um so uh yeah, the fact that he as a young player, a physical player who definitely goes over the line from time to time. Uh, of all people, he stood uh, stood in there and was the the calming effect for uh, the the yin to Scott <laughs> Sabrin's yang in a way. So, and yeah, he, you know, good on Artem Guriev. You know, not yeah. not the, the the favorite of this podcast or the folks in our chat, but um, I th- I agree with you. That was a good call, Ian. Yeah. Uh, any any final thoughts on this game before we uh, get into the trades? They're playing better. That's a positive, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Nathan Todd was second star with a goal and two assists again. Uh, really, just coming in and 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 doing all the little coming. things right. And I saw people in the chat were saying uh, maybe it's time he gets a call up. No, 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 no. Because then they're gonna put Eklund with Todd, and I'm just gonna want to not know. I mean, we saw what happened in the last Sharks game, and and you know. Who knows what what might turn things around? But yeah, I, after the trade deadline, we can start this conspiracy theory that Todd's getting a call up. I, I <laughs> can Todd even get it? Like what? Maybe maybe is he on an AHL deal? That's, that's what I was that's what I was gonna ask. Like, like, would they have to sign another NHL contract to make that work? I'm, I'm uh, looking right now. No, it. no, he's under NHL contract. Okay. Oh, he's under NHL terms. Okay. It's Cole well. Castles. Who, Cole Castles is the one on the AHL contract. Yes, Nathan Todd's on a two-year. And okay. naturally, tomorrow, Todd's getting called yeah, up. It's, it's going to happen. Yeah, what but, have we done? Uh, Logan Morrison with two <laughs> goals and two assists, though, uh, coming through. Uh, we need we need our rookies to step up like this kid has. Uh, so. And we only have one this year. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Michael Molasses, but Cardwell. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, it's, it's good. Uh, when the Barracuda do bad, it's good. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> It's not good. All right, so um, we got some uh, we got some we got some trades to judge here, guys. Uh, I'm just oh. gonna kind of go through them here, and uh, so some some we tried to we tried to get like some details. Some people just kind of said, "Ah, do this for a second, and they didn't really say where or what. So in that situation, um, we'll just kind of be like, "Yeah, that would be nice," or "That would just never work," or whatever. Uh, so uh, at Hot Wheels uh, on uh, on Twitter. 
a good friend of the show. Um, he says, Ferraro for a second, not anywhere. Um, Ferraro for a second. I mean, if you can get a second for Mario Ferraro, you Yeah, if you can get a second for that you, guy, you just do it and do you it. run and you laugh. Because, yeah, there, yeah. there are some prospects that are definitely eyeing in that second round. And if you can get a second for Mario Ferraro snap of the finger see i i still think that ferraro is still a decent commodity around the league um uh, uh, he's a young, play, he's young player yeah. he's a mobile player he does pretty much everything he, i'm not saying he does everything great but if you need him to play physically he'll do it if you need him to show block shots he'll block shots i would like to see him put up more offense i think the the offensive game hasn't quite been there to really elevate his trade value but i think that sharks fans are a lot more down about mario ferraro than his actual value so a second round pick i would not just straight up go oh yeah that's that that's it done like especially when this team needs defensemen and Sure, we think the Sharks are going to take a forward and a defenseman in the the draft. That defenseman's not. not coming to the Sharks next season, so yeah. to 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 fill yeah. in a spot no, like not. Mario Ferraro's. None of the demon are NHL ready. Well, maybe but that's the, never mind. Be, I think Mook, but like Mook, but that's a big shoe to fill but in. that's but that's yeah i mean that's a lot of minutes too much i i i do like what you say here kevin because i do think like mario ferraro um is a guy who i have who's lost I, i've lost a lot of love for over the last couple uh, of cer- seasons. oh certainly absolutely um but i think it's one of those things where i think you're right i think it's something where we're sometimes you can just be too close to something and it kind of skews your like and and it works both ways right like sometimes you know fans will fall in love with a prospect and they'll be like oh you can't move this prospect because it's whatever and so i i think it's um you know i think I, it, I think it's a good i think it's a good point uh and i think it's a well taken point i think if you get like maybe another like i don't think a change of scenery would hurt mario ferraro no, I don't. Sense. I just think that a change of scenery will help him develop into the defenseman that we'd hoped he would be. Yeah. So that's why I don't like, want the Sharks to sell too low on a player like maybe that. Maybe a second and then another struggling defenseman who needs a change of scenery. Like, okay. you know, like there's a guy here that from Edmonton that's going to come up here in a bit. Bill, but like, yeah. yeah, like Broberg, for example, like if Edmonton needs defense, they have, uh, what's his face? God, the guy from Nashville. Eklom. Eklom, yep. You uh, you give me a second, and you know Broberg for Ferraro. Like that kind of solves one of the issues, but Broberg may also may not actually. Anyways, but yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's an interesting yeah. thing. Uh, Jerry F coming with the super chat. Let me just hit this up quick. Uh, oh. Jerry F saying I'm just joining. Thanks for the Cuda coverage, man. That's what we do. Uh, and now we're just having fun, just you know, being silly on YouTube with some trade talk. Um, but hey, Jules, I like that though. Like. You came up with a counter. That's kind of what I wanted to do with all this. You I come like up it. with a counter, what we would say. Okay, yeah, that's that's a dual, doable option. And so second and uh, Broberg for Ferraro, I might, uh, you know, have okay, my Okay, we'll my add scout. in a seventh round pick. There you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, might, I, I need to squeeze a seventh go. round seventh pick round. out of you. But I might uh, be okay with making that deal with you. Um. 
and and this one's going to be uh this this one's going to be controversial. Um God, no. <laughs> Eklund, trading William Eklund for a first because he's not a Mike Greer pick. Now, look at in Hot Wheels defense, I I do want to point that out that that is like I understand why people are saying this because we have seen Mike Greer come in and a lot of Doug Wilson Jr. draft picks have gone out the door oh, in rapid succession since Mike Greer has taken over so i understand this logic the problem is is i look at a guy like alex lafreniere i look at a guy like quentin byfield now these guys are higher draft picks obviously than william eckland was taken but i think i know a lot of people are a little disappointed with william eckland's point output this year jerk talked about it on the pucknologists on sunday um, and I, you know, and I get where these people are coming from, but I think when you look at those players, like I think giving up on Eklund right now would come back and haunt the Sharks for years to come. I don't think William Eklund is the centerpiece of this whole thing when it's all said and done, but he is going to be a big part of it. In Unless five... that, oh, go ahead. Sorry, no, go Lacey, go Lacey. Unless that first round pick is a top five pick. I don't know why the Sharks would ever do this. And I don't know why anyone with a top five pick would trade it for William Eklund. Uh, I think basically that's saying you cut your losses on Eklund right now, which I don't see there being losses on him. So why, you know, what's there to cut? But you'd basically be, he, he was drafted seventh overall by this team and you'd be trading down to most likely between 15 and 32 that's not an improvement and then you still have to develop the player and then hope they become an nhl player so sorry hot wheels i cannot get on board with this one byfield his first season in 40 games had 10 points yeah like we can't just, and I think I forgot, I think it might have been Lacey. I was telling Lacey, I think the Sharks actually have a second line center here. Like, yes. I think if his mm-hmm. game develops a little more, if he gets a little more aggressive, of course there's going to be miscues. He's a 21-year-old. Yeah. But, like, giving up on him for, like, anyone, in, like, would I have Selbrini over Eklund? Absolutely. If whoever has the first overall pick wants to offer Eklund for Selbrini, I'm taking Selbrini all the way. And I'm the most, like, Eklund lover, I think, out of everyone on this, like, group. So, like, unless it's top three, I'm even going to say, like, maybe top five, keep Eklund. He's going to be your second-line center, I think, for the future. Um, So keep Eklund. So we're hanging up the phone on that one. (laughs) Greer, don't you dare. William Eklund, yeah, I just, I can't, I cannot. I agree. I I cannot get on board. with anything for Eklund, I just, I think it would be the wrong, like, I understand moving guys out, right? Like, I understand my career, like, like Brandon more Coe. different players. Sure, right? Uh, Ryan Merkley. I don't think we're um, getting a first-round pick for Brandon Coe. Well, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. No, no, no. If we <laughs> do, buy. I, I'll buy so, on that. <laughs> Tampa, give us a first-round pick for Brandon. Oh, you don't have your first-round pick. Boston, there you go. Um. Yeah, okay. Uh. So, Logan Teal uh, in the Discord gave us some trades here. Um. So, uh, the first one I've got here is is a trade with between the San Jose Sharks and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning get Ryan Carpenter and the San Jose Sharks get a 2024 20, fifth round pick. Here's my problem with this. Tampa always way overpays for these guys. Like yeah. you're only getting a fifth from Tampa. <laughs> What's going on here, Logan? Like Tampa, Tampa always like 
okay now i understand ryan carpenter is more of a tweener than than some of the other guys they've you know they've given up a lot of uh draft tanner capital for tanner Janot, barkley goodrow um oh, but pick. i don't know man i i still think like a fifth is a little light but i i don't i mean i i think it's an interesting trade for for tampa bay obviously ryan carpenter is a guy i love i love ryan carpenter um you know, and he's he's a guy who can you know kind of play in a lot of different like a lot of uh, bottom, you know, in your bottom six situation. It, it, it's your typical trade that you see a lot of uh, come the deadline. Kevin Lacey, what say you? So I I I probably should have forced you to put this further down because uh, I a- actually in my trade proposals was going to say Ryan Carpenter for a seventh round pick. Um, if you can get a fifth to me out of Tampa. To me, that's your steal right there. But I, I do see what you're saying. And and Ryan Carpenter has a lot of value for a playoff team in the sense of, okay, he's probably going to be the 13th or 14th forward on that playoff team. But if there's an injury coming in, uh, an injury to one of the forward players, he's not coming in to be a top six forward for that. You know, he's coming in for to be a depth role. Mm-hmm. And he is perfectly suited for that he's there to be defensively responsible he might chip in a game uh, a goal or two he will definitely play physically he's the absolute perfect player outside of like another goal scorer he's a perfect player to plug in and play when you need him uh in the grind of the playoffs so i think absolutely bye 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 to me i'm looking at the new york rangers Ooh, yeah, I like the Rangers is a good show too. Jules, any thoughts on this? Uh, on this I, trade? I was curious of how many draft picks uh, Tampa had so we can fleece them on Ryan Carpenter. But um, <laughs> no, Tampa has, we're not gonna talk about that, but they don't have a lot. But yeah, if you can get a fifth for Carpenter, like I'm happy. I'm trying to see if maybe the Rangers have more to offer. But like, sure. let's be real. If, I, if we get anything more than like a seventh, I'm going to be ecstatic for Ryan Carpenter. Yeah. It, it does scare me how, bear the sharks are then gonna be at center but again if you can get like uh what do the rangers have like the rangers sixth and like a fifth i'm happy anything in that range but yeah fair yeah, trade i didn't you know what it's it's because i didn't look at what the lightning have for picks um, uh they have, well, they have a, a third, third yeah i don't think fifth. they're giving you a third for ryan carpenter all right I, I i forgive i forgive the fifth at this point they don't have a first <laughs> till 2026 so. Well, I mean, you're not getting a first for Ryan Carpenter, but like, I want a first for Ryan Carpenter. No, but I just feel like it's first, like but... Tampa's like one of those weird teams that just always overpays for the weirdest guys. It, if if I'm the Sharks, though, I would accept the fifth round. Pick. I would. If I'm Tampa, Tampa Bay, 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like Tampa Bay's got bigger fish to fry than Ryan Carpenter. But if you can make that that bigger move and still fit him in, because Ryan Carpenter's making league minimum, so yeah then you can go that route of the fifth. But I think they need like to take Toronto. I feel like would also be in on this type of player. Just like, I mean, that might've been more Kyle Dubas, but like depth, why are you making that trade kind of move? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Number two from uh, Logan Teal. Uh, you can find him on discord uh, to Edmonton, Anthony Duclair, 50% retained to San Jose, Philip Broberg, Matthias Janmark, uh, 2025 third. Uh, and his reasoning here is Edmonton gets a player as a history of high scoring in good situations at a solid cap hit. Sharks get a reclamation project in Broberg and a mid-round pick since Duclair has struggled. 
Um, I like Broberg. I'm trying to see. Uh, Jan- oh, yeah, Jan Mark's a UFA at the end of this year. I think that's fair. You get another body. I, I love Duke. He's just been a little disappointing. Um, I mean, I know he just scored, what was it, two goals versus Columbus. Uh, but Duke's been a little disappointing. So if you can get a young, up and not up-and-coming, but a struggling defenseman, I think with Ryan Rosofsky, you know, you may be able to work out some of those kinks with Broberg. Or at least, at, at the very least, he'll help the CUDA, man. Um, I mean, I'm down for that. I absolutely would buy if I'm the Sharks. I just don't see this making sense for Edmonton. I think I don't really think they need more scoring. Uh, and Duclair, he gets a little pouty on the ice from time to time. And isn't that what Edmonton absolutely wants to avoid? They've already got a Vander Kane, and they've got their <laughs> history of collapses oh, in the playoffs. So I... Oh. Uh, this just doesn't seem like a fit to me if I'm Edmonton, so I would pass if I was them. If I'm the Sharks, though, absolutely. You get Broberg in a third, and you you know you eat Yanmark. Yanmark's hey, Yanmark can go in and fill in for Ryan Carp Ryan Carpenter and be a, sure. an improvement over Ryan Carpenter, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I just I don't see Edmonton doing that. But that's why Logan submitted. Uh, multiple trades to it. So. Yeah. That I um, wouldn't be, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, for me, I think... I, I agree. Like, I think if you're the Sharks, then, yeah, you're you're all over this. I think that there's a lot to, to gain here, and you're not really giving up much to do it. Um, I do have questions on Edmonton, though. Like, if Edmonton hangs up the phone here. Um, I feel like Edmonton oh. probably hangs up the phone here. Because I feel like Yanmark, like you're only losing a million dollars there. I think if they're gonna do something, like maybe if if they if they need to like try and move some cap around to to do something else on top of this, then maybe this makes a lot of more sense for them. But I think um, I just wonder if they get into a situation where Stuart Skinner falters a little bit and they need Broberg to throw in for a goalie. I mean, then we can offer Capo Kakinen. Yeah, but do you want? I don't know. I mean, Capo Kakinen's a. I, I, I mean, look at it. To me, I'm not saying trade Kakinen. I'm just saying, like, if Edmonton wants a goaltender, I know Kakinen's also a little bit of an unknown in the league, so yeah. I get that. Yeah, I but just. With, I wonder who's going to be out there as far as goaltending goes, right? And I, I think that's the big question for. I don't know how many are teams. there. Like Detroit has three, but I think like two of them are injured. Yeah. Toronto's also probably going to be on the market for some sort of goaltending. And but. Carolina is talking about Frederick Anderson is about ready to come back. And yeah. uh, they're going to have four goaltenders if that happens. Oh, yeah. So like Spencer Martin, who just got, I think, claimed off waivers a few weeks ago or whatever. I mean, maybe Carolina ends up working that into a trade, but like, uh, who's who's trading for Spencer Martin? Let me, I mean, yeah, a, a team yeah, I, I wouldn't be. So, oh, sorry, Ian, sorry I was just saying. Yeah, I don't. I don't think this. Like I said, I don't think it's a bad. I don't think it's a terrible deal. I just. I just no. have questions. Yeah. <laughs> a team I wouldn't be surprised going for Duke is Florida again. Like you look at Florida, I think uh, I'm looking at their cap friendly. They have some young players that they could offer up. For Duke, like Philip Broberg level players, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like they have their third, they have their fourth, they have two fifth round picks. Like, and one of them is the Flyers. Um, but the Flyers are suddenly good. Anyways, 
Um, but yeah, a team that I wouldn't be surprised going for Duke Claire. And if he ends up at back in Florida, that wouldn't surprise me. He just seemed to have his best career season there. All right. Do you guys want to lump all the Duclair ones together? Uh, or just come back to them? We'll come back to them. I just because I don't want to okay. like I don't want to miss anything if I start scrolling through my sheet here. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I derailed that. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, this is what we do on DTG. We derail things. Uh, Logan's third trade uh, to Colorado: Justin Bailey to San Jose, a fourth round pick, basically a repeat of the Isamont deal. <laughs> I love Justin Bailey. If Mike Greer can get a fourth, fourth round pick yeah. for him, I will be bowing well, down to Mike Greer. <laughs> the, the organization, I think this is a historical uh, repeat here because Jacob Magna got traded for a fourth and Mikey Asimut got traded for a fourth and they were both found money. So I, in that regard, I wouldn't rule it out. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't think that's happening. That's I feel happening. like a fourth's high for Justin Bailey. Oh, I fourth like a first for Barkley Goodrow again. I, it's like the same thing, and I don't know. I mean, it's nice. Like Justin Bailey, like credit Justin Bailey because Justin Bailey started the year on an H, the year on an AHL contract and has yeah done really well on an AHL. Like I was so mad when the Sharks signed a contract to to get him. Off. I know. I I kept trying to reason with you because you know I love <laughs> Justin Bailey so. <laughs> Um, but like I've, I've we, come along. Yeah. I've really come around on it. I yeah. will say, though, the Avs. Sorry, I'm going to be that cap friendly nerd right now. The Avs do have the Seattle's fifth round pick. That's, I think, more reasonable of what you're going to get out of Bailey. And even that's really fucking high for Justin Bailey. I love Justin Bailey. I love the speed he provides, the forechecking. You know, I, he's good, but like you're not going to get a, anything higher than a fifth for that guy. If... Go ahead. If the Sharks aren't planning on retaining Justin Bailey after the season, go go for it. I mean, if you yeah. if you think he's a player who will come back after the year with the year that he's had here, um, then I don't know. I don't know if you'd want to trade that player. I mean, he's not going to be a, a middle six guy even, but but I don't know if you want to move that. I mean, look at Barabanov. Barabanov uh, built his stock up and wanted to stay here because it was a legitimate opportunity. And this yeah. is the first time Bailey's had a legitimate NHL opportunity since his probably the middle of his Buffalo days. Right. So um, what I will say, and then I'll get back to you, Ian, is so it's Bailey for a fourth round pick. I don't see that being higher than a sixth, but if Mike Greer can shop Justin Bailey around, you I mean, again, an affordable player. Mm-hmm. You look at team cash strap teams like like Colorado, like Jules said, or Toronto, as we've already said, you know, you pit them up against each other, you start creeping towards that fourth round pick. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, you look at these teams that have other teams, like, fifth or fourth round pick, and you kind of see which one will give you the higher one of, like, which team's doing worse or which team's doing better. Yeah. Um, like, a team like Toronto, I would not be surprised to see them being in on Bailey either. Yeah, I, I, I think I just I just think a fourth round pick is a little high. <laughs> You're not. I, I understand. I do. Oh, yeah. You're not. I, I, if, I understand the, the logic round. of it. Like, I get the logic of it. I just think a fourth is high. Logan, we appreciate you submitting your trades. Uh, we hope that. Uh, yes. We hope that you didn't uh, that you're not upset with us. Uh, okay, so Zetterlin for Rashad. I believe this is Phipps because Phipps changes his name all the bloody time into the Discord. Um, <laughs> Phipps, if this isn't you, then I apologize. Uh, if 
if it's not Phipps and I and I just gave Phipps credit for this, then I apologize to whoever submitted this. Um, sometimes I have trouble keeping track of who's who in the Discord. Um, to Toronto, based and this is like obviously I think uh, you know we had the David Pignato who's kind of been on this like Ferraro and Cunnan. The Leafs are really interested in both of those players, and I guess. Mm-hmm. If you're Brad Tree Living, I guess you are. I don't know. I think Brad Tree Living. When did David Pignata join the Shark staff? Because he also (laughs) put out he also put out the Logan Couture uh, maybe traded soon, and I'm like, can he play ever again? No, he was just out that Couture's like Nashville's interested. I'm like, yeah. So I mean, hey, uh, he wants to do Mike Greer's uh, uh, selling for him, Uh, sure. I like Pagnotta. Like I think Pagnotta does hit a lot, but yes, yeah. I have questions. There's some things where I'm like, "What are you talking about, man? Right. I, that guy's literally on injured reserve right now, and I, I, I'm doubting his playing He's career." Played, at like this point. a handful of games this season um, before going back out. Sure to the Winnipeg Jets. I've said it here first. <sighs> All right, to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mario Ferraro, Capo Kakinen, twenty five percent retained. To San Jose, Ilya Samsonov. Timothy no. Timothy Lilligren and a Toronto 2024 first. I'm accepting that. I love Timothy Lilligren. But I also might be the only one here who likes him, so maybe I not. This trade was insane when I first saw it. And then I started thinking about it a little bit more. <sighs> I think Toronto's got to add, though add to it actually get Ferraro, yeah because well, you're basically i feel like samsonov for kakanen is kind of a wash in a way because can Kak- kakanen elevate his game in toronto i don't know oh i see what you're saying that's smart. and so all toronto's really getting out of it to in my eyes is ferraro and cap space which cap space oh. in toronto is gold yeah so that's why they, you know you got lily grin in a first here's but. the thing they also have minimal prospects and like young guys coming up i mean they do have a few i will say that so whenever you can get like the young defenseman like ferrar even though you're giving it's kind of like mario ferrar for timothy Lilligren and a first round pick and then Elias samsona for kakinen right and I see what you're saying. Like Toronto may want more for that because Kakinen is very much so an unproven goaltender in this league. I like Timothy Lilligren. I think he's a guy who probably needs a change of scenery at this point. Mm-hmm. But I look yeah. at this Toronto defense core right now and the fact that Timothy Lilligren hasn't cracked this lineup is a little concerning. Exactly. Um, but again, you know, another guy, a reclamation project. Mike Greer kind of loves those. Um, Capo Kakinen's had a really good year. I am always skeptical of a guy who's really good when money is owed to him. And I've said this many times, and I will continue to say that about Capo Kakinen because <laughs> Capo Kakinen time has, has been basically split between good play when money is due and not so great play when money is being made. Um, the goaltending situation in Toronto would scare the hell out of me if I'm... <laughs> If I'm looking at their goaltending as Brad Tree Living, I'm their goaltending scares the hell out of me. Samsonov, I don't even like he's been better, but I don't know if he's a guy that I want to try and carry me to a Stanley Cup final. 
which leads you to a young guy in wool if he can get healthy and start going again. Wool was uh, reassigned for conditioning today. So too, there you so go. Sounds, so so he's back. a guy that you, you know, but do you want to pin all your playoff hopes on him? Or if he, is that like your absolute, this is, you know, we're going down swinging moment. Martin Jones is still Martin Jones. I don't care what you <laughs> I tell forgot me. I don't beliefs. I don't care what you say to me. Martin Jones is still Martin Jones. Kapo Kakinen's played really good behind this Sharks team and he is still owed money. I, and also you look at the Leafs and it sounds like they're looking for a defenseman. Now it sounds like they want to be in on guys like Chris Tanev, Noah Hannafin, but you know, if you could, if you miss out on those guys or can't make those guys work, you go down the list. If Mario Ferraro's out there, I mean, I, again, maybe this is something where I'm too close and I don't, see the value there i think he's like again he's 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 off he's been off the christmas card list for a while now but if you're you know kind of going down the list of of guys and you can't get other guys i don't hate this trade uh, you know uh if i'm toronto i you know again i think it's i don't think it's their first move but i think if they try to do other things and they do decide that they do want to try and shore up their goaltending with with kapokakinen I I could see this happening. And like, again, you look at a guy like, um, you know, again, Mario Ferraro, maybe not my favorite player, but I think if you start going down the list of guys that are available and you strike out on those guys, Mario Ferraro might look pretty sexy at that point. And again, I don't think Bradtree Living is a great NHL general manager to begin with. I, I think if the Sharks get offered this, I think they kind of they should take it. Oh, like the Sharks should take it and run. Like the the Sharks should take it and absolutely run. You're getting Timothy Lilligren, who honestly, if you paired him with like, I don't know, Mook Madulin, that could be a solid. I again, I don't know the hands. I suck at the hands. I don't remember people's <laughs> hands. But he's like, he's a right D. As far right as I recall, he's a right And D. Mook is playing on his offside. So yeah, I mean, if you do that, like that would be such a fun pairing to watch. I think if you're the Sharks, you take this and run personally i don't care if toronto right like yeah if toronto i don't see why toronto would do this i think it's kind of a dumb trade for toronto in all honesty but like if i'm the sharks if, if Greer can pull this off i will be genuinely shocked and questioning brad tree leaving's sanity so kevin does toronto say no <laughs> i don't think toronto says no but i think the sharks should get something more out of that May I offer you a second? I would, I, I, I would say no if I was the Sharks. They don't have What else guys, would you yeah, want? I would I would disagree with that. What else would you want if you were the Sharks? Like a third round pick? They yeah, don't have it. Oh, you like could take that. the Islanders third. The Islanders third? But now I feel like that's an over I don't know. I'm stuck. But that's but that's the thing. You want Toronto wants a, an affordable long term defenseman and an affordable goaltender and cap space, then you gotta pay up Maple Leafs. That's valid. I forgot about the cast. Yeah, I guess the Islanders. They have the Islanders third, eh? Yes. Yeah. So that, that's that's why I'm, that's why I'm like I don't think no, the that's Sharks get enough. Yeah, that's and that's the problem too, right? Like if they if they trade their first, then they don't have, you know, uh, I think it's going to be hard to get the first out of Toronto. Like, I think they're going to. Are you giving up a first for Mario Ferraro then? Or are you giving up a first for just cap space and like Kakinen? You're, you're, I mean, yeah, cap space and Kakinen. The cap spacing, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's valid. It just, that feels very high for Toronto, but that also might be me. But yeah, but, but 
Toronto needs that cup. Yeah, no, they do. They they really do. Get Steve Dangle a cup, Brad Tree. Well, they're in, they're in will. I mean, they're like again, they, they're a team that has to go for it, right? Like the yeah, the this is team has to go for it. The East is is not easy to win. I I don't know, man. And and with the Nylander, well, I mean, I know Nylander did get his money, but like something's gonna break at some point. <laughs> so they yeah. gotta do it now. Yeah. No, that's valid. Um, all right. Um, interesting conversation. Okay. So, um, FIPS number two, uh, is, uh, to the New York Rangers, uh, Anthony declare, uh, to the San Jose sharks, uh, the New York Rangers, 2025 third and Matthew Robertson. So Matthew Robertson is a 22 year old. What position? Ah, cap. A oh, he's a demon. year old, six Left. foot four yeah. defenseman with offensive upside and all around ability. And I take this and laugh yeah. my ass off to Same. the bank. Yeah. This to me makes zero sense for the Rangers to do whatsoever. So if I am the Sharks, this is an absolute layup. Yeah. Like it's not he, happening. <laughs> it's not happening, but like he's putting up very good numbers on the wolf pack as a defenseman like five goals 25 assists for 30 points is a minus nine but i don't really give a shit about that it's an offensive defenseman yeah um i take this all day if i'm the sharks like you're getting a very good young d-man if i recall he's like 55th overall or something like that yeah 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 in the 2020 no not 2021 uh, was I on? Was I on on that that pick? Yeah, he was 49th. He was Darn, the okay, second was close. second round 49th overall by the Rangers. I take this and I laugh my ass off. So, yeah, yeah. all good. And and I told Jules, Ian, I told Jules over the weekend. Like mm-hmm. Duclair was drafted by the Rangers, so it's funny that we got a trade offer from Zetterland for Richard uh, from the Rangers because the Rangers let him go for. Like I said. He's kind of pouty on the ice from time to time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Quinn Quinn loves him and hates him at the same time. And I know it's a different management regime in New York right now, but they walked away from Duclair once. Yeah. So Also, New York did say they would not trade their first round pick because they want to make it very big when they because the, their owner owns the sphere. So that's something important to note. New York did flat out say we're not trading our first round pick. So they there might actually third have to this. give up. Yeah, 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 but they might actually have to give up one of their young prospects to yeah, um, do anything this year. I mean, the Rangers, like, they're, you know, they're another team that, like, I think, I mean, coming out of the Metro, I like the Rangers' chances of coming out of the Metro really easily. Like, I think yeah. they, I, I, I think that they beat, like, if you look at the other teams in the Metro that are their competition, it's Carolina, it's the Flyers. I think the Flyers have done really well this year. But, I mean, I, I just, you know, I think they're going to be more happy to be there than anything else. I mean, they are a Tortorella coach team, so I think playoff hockey is kind of Tortorella's thing. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, maybe that maybe they could, but, I mean, look at the, I, I, I like the Rangers better than Carolina just because, again, like all the Carolina's goaltenders are made of glass. And Igor Shosturkin hasn't been Shosturkin this year, but I just feel like in the playoffs, you know, all you need to do is get him hot and yeah. it's whatever. I mean, it'll be interesting to see because obviously the Rangers aren't going to, are going to probably play um, a, a team from the Atlantic in the first round, you know, right now the wild card situation, uh, the Red Wings and the Lightning are the wild card teams. The, 
devils are slowly looks like they're trying to creep back into it but i just yeah man i mean i think the rangers are going to go far uh in the east i just i just i don't know if the if i like the fit i love the return for the sharks like i said if you're the sharks you 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 run to the to the fax machine and send that to <laughs> send that to the to the trade people as quickly as you can um i i just don't know if the fit works for the rangers I mean, hold on. I'm trying to see. I don't know, because right now they're like their wingers aren't super strong. I think they have Jimmy V on cap friendly. They have Jimmy VC as their like second line right winger. Like you need a little bit more winger depth, in my opinion. There, so like maybe yeah. Duke fits in there. I think you can uh, find that from other places. No, though. I know. Yeah, yeah. I think there are better options out there besides. The I mean, sharks, if that's so. your last choice, yeah. you, and you're desperate. Yeah. Um, okay. What else do we got here? Um, well, we got a three-way also from Phipps. Two. Oh, I love three-ways. Okay. To Nashville uh, via San Jose, they get the Pittsburgh's 2024 fifth round pick. The Sharks get Philadelphia's 2024 fifth round pick via Florida and Florida's uh, 2026th seventh round pick via florida and florida gets mike hoffman at 50 percent retained by nashville so nashville gets a fifth for retaining 50 percent on mike hoffman so i need to jump in here on this one right away okay. i'm gonna dash Sutherland for richard's dreams on this okay why does this need to be a three-team trade the sharks <laughs> have cap. like 55 million dollars in cap space but only one Can't spot they to just retain, retain half of Hoffman and then get all three picks? Screw Nashville. I that yeah. need to be involved. It's a, it's a, it's a good point. Um, I think I, if it depends on what else you're doing, right? Like I think the problem is the Sharks do have the one retention spot, right? Yeah. Um, they can only retain. So if, if they're going to retain on something else, like if it's. If they. If, let's say in this world, they've already retained on Capo Kakinen, So they would need. Um, someone else to retain on Mike Hoffman. I I I don't I I like the I Mike Hoffman. I don't know, man. Florida. <sighs> Mike Hoffman to me, like he's washed in my opinion. I don't. Yeah, I, I hate just, it. I hate saying that. But I hate saying totally it. Crazy. But he's like, I just I can't he was so imagine good a t- an NHL team coming around and being like, "Yo, <laughs> give me that." At any price. Also, there again, like we said, there are better wingers out there than Mike Hoffman available, eh? Like, uh, 100%, yeah. Frank Vetrano is a guy that, like, easily I think Florida would scoop up. But, like... But he, then, you know, can they make that cap work? That's the yeah. that's the question. Um, I don't... Look it. I don't think any team hangs up the phone here other than maybe Florida. <laughs> I don't know. I just... <laughs> again, maybe it's one of those things where I, I always wonder if, like, my bias is coming through. I'm just too close to this and I just think Mike Hoffman's washed and no one would take him. But then we've seen players get... You know, I mean, Phil Kessel hasn't played all year and the Canucks brought him on. So, I mean... I mean, like, I don't know. If you're Florida, like... He's just, I think, depth to them. Like, he's, I don't know if he fits into their top six, in all honesty. Like, they're kind of stacked. But, like, so why also give up so many picks for Mike Hoffman, eh? I want to know what Detroit is up to. I think yes. Steve Eiserman is 
getting his team prepped to do something big. And obviously, Mike Hoffman's not big. But once again, just like what I said earlier with Ryan Carpenter, you go out, you make your big splash, and you fill in a couple of gaps. And so, you know, if the, if the Sharks retain 50%, I could see Mike Hoffman being a boost for Detroit's depth scoring as a, you know, a late round pickup. Fifth, Fifth sitting up the chat. He's like, Benino got the same package. I mean, so I mean, yeah. When I saw this trade, that was the first thing I thought of was, is this just the repeat of the Benino one? Yeah. Okay. I mean, look at, again, I think, again, like I, you know, look at, we all have our biases. My bias says that Mike Hoffman's washed and no one wants him, but I, you know, I am, uh, I have been wrong on this show before. It's, it's hard to believe. I know, but I haven't. No, Kevin's never been wrong. (laughs) Me on the other hand, wrong all the time. Uh, and Jules is batting a thousand right now too. So yeah, no, me. I really am. I disappeared there for a sec. <laughs> um, uh, like Mike Hoffman does anyway. Sorry. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> oh we got zingers now. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, fun. we are this approaching the 11 o'clock hour and oh. Jules is, uh, <laughs> spicing it up. I, I, uh, <laughs> Mike I, Hoffman's going to score fucking hat trick on Saturday. Yeah, isn't yeah. he? Fuck. Yeah. Okay. Oh man, this is good. I hope I hope everyone's having fun. I'm having fun here. Um, <laughs> the la, the the final trade of the evening for Mr. Phipps uh, to the Tampa Bay Lightning, Ty Emerson to the San Jose Sharks, a 2025th fourth rounder. Um, no, I don't think the Sharks want to move Ty. Em- I think the Sharks no. like Ty Emerson. No, no, don't trade Ty Emerson. That's all. I'm not accepting that if I'm the Sharks. No, sorry. Like, I, I, I think I'm too close to, like, just attached to Ty Emerson. But, like, I like Ty Emerson. I like what he's brought. If you look, he's, like, I think he was a plus for a very long time where I don't know how the fuck he was a plus on this team. Um, Keep Ty Emerson. He's a young D-man. Getting I really Tyler. like him. I, I like Ty Emerson. Let's I, keep him. I just, I think the Sharks like Ty. I don't think he's, I don't think he's the guy that Mike Greer wants to move. I think Ty Emerson. I don't. I don't know. I, I think he's expendable. So I think like, he's, I think he's expendable. But I can't imagine like I. I just I can't well, imagine Mike Greer being like, okay, this guy needs to go. Like it would. I just. I don't it, know. it would shock me. And, and to be fair, if Mike Greer goes out and trades Ty Emerson for like a third or whatever he gets, like don't forget he picked him off of waivers. Like it's basically <laughs> making something out of nothing. Yeah, like true, you know true. what I mean. Yeah. Well, I think that, Sorry, Kevin, finish think, your thought. I didn't mean to cut you I off. I think that. that's why uh, uh, Zetterlin for Richard's choice was a fourth-round pick again, <laughs> just like AC Mont and, and uh, oh, yeah, Magnet so and everything. Naturally. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I think, I think he's expendable, but at the same time, Emerson is a young player who has shown growth every year of his pro career. So why would you want to sure you can cash in on that but what if he does even better next year yeah. isn't that what you're looking for on this club so to me i think you retain emberson but ooh a fourth round pick though hmm i would i would consider it it is 2025 though ooh actually the 2020 actually i don't know how deep that 20 i think it's fairly deep but i still wouldn't do that listen i know we just said trade ferraro I really like Emerson. I want them to give him at least one more year before we say throw him into the trading block. Yeah. Um, is he an RFA though? That's my question. I'm sure he is. He has to. I don't to know be. for sure, but I'm. Oh I'm, yeah, no, I'm... he is an RFA. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, uh, with arbitration with rights. Arbitration with rights, arbitration. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was an interesting one, though. Definitely. Um, now, said Tampa, some... give me your first, and then I'll accept it. But anyways, I'll <sighs> rest my case. Um, other potential things he says, um, just he, he didn't really give us trades here, just the thought of, like, just uh, destinations for some players. Uh, he says, Jan Ruta to Vegas Golden Knights. Do they? I, well, do Vegas need Jan Ruta? No, they don't. I mean, they are struggling right now. So, like, maybe, but I don't think... Oh. I think when I look at the Vegas Golden Knights... And it makes people angry. It makes people irrationally angry when it happens. You think very good team when you look at the Vegas Colts. Well, I actually, they're do. I mean, obviously, look at injuries are obviously going to be coming an issue right now. Jack Eichel's out. I think Mark Stone is now going to be out for some time. But I look at this defensive group. I think that Vegas has one of the best defensive groups in the West, maybe the league. What are you talking? They have no defense. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, that that's that's a little far fetched. I mean. Vegas does have a very strong defense core. Like, like they're pretty Didn't good. Didn't they the just defense. shut the Sharks out? That's not hard. That doesn't I, matter. They, they've they, done that, that. The Sharks have gotten shut out like nine times this year. I don't really count that anymore. Yeah. Okay. So Shea Theodore is is on is is hurt, right? Yes, I I get that. So that there's there, there is a LTIR hole there. But Tampa I mean, shit. Again, depending on how long theaters, I just look at this. I look at the defense group, and to me, it's one of the best decors in the league i will say this i will not be Healthy. surprised if vegas put some l pull some ltir cap shit and ends up with like tanev on their back end or like some vetrano i don't think anaheim's trading in division but like you know what i mean like just i wouldn't I be surprised if care. vegas does that oh. especially talking like in um lebank to arizona interesting um carpenter to new york bailey to edmonton I mean, again, like there's there's definitely I can see I can see fits there except for Kevin LeBanc. I, again, Kevin LeBanc is a guy who I'm so sour on at this point where I'm just like even like I, I think like I don't think Kevin LeBanc's NHL career is over. I think somebody's going to give him, uh, you know, they'll give him like a one year league minimum one way contract next year to see if they can reclimate oh, him. But I don't think it's going to be like I know some people like, oh, no. Like someone's gonna, you know, some good team's gonna come and scoop them up. It's gonna be great. I think I don't think that's gonna be the case at all. I think it's gonna be a team like, like Anaheim or Chicago, or you know, somewhere like someone that's gonna need some like depth scoring, but you know, and, and wants to go on a reclamation project. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I just I, I look at Kevin LeBanc, and even if the Sharks eat a bunch of cap hit on that, like that's still a big deal for a big question mark. I don't think anyone's taking Kevin LeBanc. I think teams will be interested in signing him in the offseason, but I don't think anyone's going to be Correct. interested in trading. And it's a shame, too, because look at last season. It was like Pucknologist leading into the trade deadline. Hockey Jerk was so boorish, uh, bearish. Mm -hmm. Bearish? Yes. Yes. On, on Kevin LeBanc's trade value at the time because – um, his points per, I think his points in relation to ice time deployed was like really high. I just, I, go back and watch the archive, subscribe if you haven't already, all that stuff. Go find the archive. <laughs> go find the archive. I know for sure. Go certain, find the archives. <laughs> Hockey Jerk had some great points about Kevin LeBanc's trade value and that's all been, been washed away. And the worst part is it's all been washed away internally. 
I, I'm sure we've all seen the the Franklin book where it's like Franklin goes on LTIR to circumvent the salary cap. That's uh that's a thing. Um, I love it. Um, sorry, what was I gonna say here? Um, yeah, look at I, it's 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 interesting, right? Um, I mean maybe you can move Kevin LeBanc for a bad contract, but I just don't. Again, I just, I just I don't see the fit. I just I don't see how people are gonna are gonna do that. Um. Molasses had just a couple destinations. He was too lazy to give us like an actual trade. Uh, he said Barabanov to the Tampa Bay Lightning. I could see that. Ooh. Oh, a hundred percent. I could 100%. see Tampa Bay being a team that says, "Yeah, this guy, you know, is having not so." A great season. Are they giving? Well, there's up- your overpaying Tampa yeah. Bay one there. Yeah. Like, are they? What are they? Like, are they giving up their third, their fifth, their sixth from this year? Is that yeah. high enough? Or are we adding in a second rounder? Are we getting a second rounder for Bear Bono? It's I, I don't have a trade. So I mean make make up your make up your trade and be like, yes. <laughs> um he also he also declared to the Islanders. Where are the Islanders right now? Are the Islanders Aren't in a they position out of the playoffs? To... Yeah, I thought they were too. Actually, no, they're in the mix. They're only they're four in the points mix. out they're, of the they're, playoffs. They're, they're right they're with the tied, devils. They're tied with the devils, who I think the devils are gonna try and make a big push. I actually think the Devils should hold Pat and just wait till next Agreed. season when they get Dougie Hamilton back. Yeah, no, Agreed. for sure. Yeah, I mean the Islanders. You never. Lou Lamorello does some weird shit. <laughs> You're like, not wrong. I mean, is... they should be rebuilding. In all honesty, but Corey Schneider's coming out of retirement again for the oh, Islanders. Like I just I look at them, but I mean they don't have like a lot of room. So I mean, but. I guess if you did some retention or whatever, I mean, it's possible. I, I just, I don't, if you're the Islanders, why are you buying? That's just my kind of thoughts is, is why. Um, all right. What are we talking about here? What do we got next? Um, Josh Bryan on Twitter. Uh, anyone you can get for a third or better should be gone. <laughs> uh, I mean, there you go. Wrong. Well, that's why, remember, that's why I said, oh, declare for a third and yeah, Matthew Robertson, go for it. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Steve uh, at No Tree Fitty on, uh, on the Twitter machine says a first for Cunning, question mark. Obviously, going back to the peg, not a thing. I mean, again, if, if Brad Tree Live wants to give you a first for Luke Cunning, yeah, you run. Please do. I, I abbreviated I Steve's thing because Steve's follow up to that was like, absolutely. Like, yeah, 100%. And sure, absolutely. I, I think the Sharks, if they can get a third round pick back for Luke Cunning, uh, I'd be okay with that since that's what they gave up to get him. So to break even, I think would be a huge win on that. I don't hate Luke Cunning. I just hate the trade for <laughs> that we got for him so that we made for him so yeah i i would take the first actually i'd probably run faster than the duclair for robertson oh, and a third i'll be honest getting a first for conan um okay so um what do we got here it's all the toronto stuff now we're in yeah, the toronto we're getting, segment we're getting of this. welcome Tron- to uh tsn 
The Toronto segment. Oh, God. Yeah. The Toronto segment. Uh, all right. So, Murray Waters uh, at the Mudrat uh, underscore, uh, respect the underscore, on the Twitter machine said, uh, Luke Cunning to Toronto, Nick Robertson to San Jose. I, if I'm San Jose, I'd do that in a heartbeat. But oh, 100%. I but I think Toronto. Well, I don't know. if. Again, Brad Tree Living is an awful GM. Um, I, like, the fact that, and again, I don't know, like, Pagnotta is a very hit or miss hit or miss guy so i'm curious like where he's getting this information from a little bit if i'm the sharks i i I take the money and run if i'm toronto i mean again like i feel like they like nick robertson don't they i feel like nick we've been waiting for nick robertson to arrive in toronto for eight years and i saw that he's still 22 years old so i'm baffled i guess it's just how much media coverage nick robertson got in his minor league career uh up to this point but i mean he's at finally starting to crack the team um but again i think you said it jules they don't have a whole lot of prospects or at least like young good yeah. prospects i mean so robertson's the they dangler need guys there. that can play and guys that can play for cheap they have like Easton Cowan. I know my video is frozen. I apologize. My Wi-Fi decided to not function properly, but uh, they have like Easton Cowan. They have another guy. I'm forgetting his name. Um, they have guys, but like if you can Fraser get Nicholas Minton. Robertson, yeah, Minton, that's the guy. If you can get Nick Robertson and pair him with like Eklund, I think those two could light it up. Sure. Yeah, they I just this. I think if you're Toronto, you say no. I think you're yeah, I think if you're Toronto, you absolutely say no. And I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this to Puck Guy because he even though this one drives me okay, nuts. Give me a second. If you're San Jose, why not? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, give me a second before I I want to hear a couple things in the chat before I get into the puck guy ones here. Um Andrew O in the chat saying, Do you think anyone offers anything for Zetterland? I don't think it matters. I think Zetterland's a guy that you got in the Timo Meyer trade. I think that he's a guy that they are pretty married to at this point. Um, that trade so far looks pretty good. I don't know why you would undo that unless you're getting your socks absolutely blown off for, for Zetterland. I would trade oh, Nikita Hotuk though. Uh, no. <laughs> I, I, I wrote, if you can get a sixth for Nikita Hotuk, I, I would take that. I just yeah, I don't I would, see him as being part of the solution. I would have sent him to the Barracuda half a season ago. I mean, waivers, and they're scared they're going to lose him for nothing. So, like, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> oh no, no. Again, young defenseman GM decide. Ah, yes, unless it's fucking Mario Ferraro. Apparently, young yeah, yeah. GMs are like, we want to keep young defensemen. Well, I, I will say to the Sharks' defense, who would have thought that Ty Emerson would have gotten claimed by weight off waivers from a yeah. team too? So you yeah, never know. Valid. But but I mean, I I don't see there being a threat of uh, him being claimed by anybody. I want to hit Ricky unless, had a, and then, had a unless thing in the chat here. I'm going to scroll back up to it before I forget about it too. Um, so I think Ricky had one in the chat here uh, up at the top. Uh, oh yes, we're 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 in Toronto territory. Um, his trade is uh, Ryan Reeves in a second round pick to the Sharks in exchange for Justin Bailey. Again, I think if I think if you're the the Sharks, why not? Um, but I just again like Brad Tree Living brought Reeves in for a reason, and I think as much as like I don't think that Ryan Reeves is like at this point in his career is anything. 
I think that he has. I th- I think that he's done he's he's done a good job of doing what he's there to do, and that's to make stupid sound bites that takes the attention off the team when things are going wrong. Like I think he's doing his job. Yeah. I again, this is another move where if the Maple Leafs were ever to do this uh, Reeves for Reeves in a second for Justin Bailey, there are clearly more moves coming. Like this is yeah, 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 completely yeah. to this. Yeah, but I, I mean, Reeves isn't making that much money for them. No, so no, I, no. I, I, don't, I don't see why the second round pick is a necessary buffer. You know. I just think he's a guy like too, where like I think like again, I think Mike Greer would like love to have Ryan Reeves on this team, for, oh, for better or for worse. But I just I don't I think that he's Ryan Reeves, the guy to me that you you know he kind of sits around, he hangs around. He's probably not dressing for many playoff games. I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, I, just, I, I mean, I, I honestly... think Ryan Reeves is best before date is is long past and i know this isn't a trade for the sharks like the sharks aren't trying to do anything here i just know i I think his best before days has passed but i think brad tree living brought him in for a reason and that reason is like i think you want a guy like ryan reeves that you can throw into a playoff game because you're an idiot and have him go do ryan reeves things (laughs) ryan reeves look at ryan reeves for as much as he drives me absolutely crazy like he is a guy who had like the sharks in that playoff series before the sharks turned around and some wankathon happened. Like they were chasing, like the sharks' best players were chasing Ryan Reeves around the ice and not playing. And it wasn't until the sharks stopped feeding into his bullshit that they were able to get back in that series. I think that Ryan Reeves. Uh is there for if the Panthers and Maple Leafs have another playoff matchup where the Leafs think it's going to be a cakewalk. At least Ryan Reeves can, I'm not going to say neutralize, but he can agitate Matthew Kachuk. Who's trying to agitate all their star forwards. No. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, but again, if you can get Nicholas Robertson, you kind of have. Oh, to. Oh, you I, again. I I think if you're the Sharks, you take the money and run. I just I I just don't think that Toronto would take that trade. That's just my opinion. No, they won't. But I also think Leafs fan Leafs fans would be pissed off if they traded Nicholas Robertson because he's just not getting his opportunity in Toronto. Yeah. Like, well, um, yeah. Robertson's part of the other Reeves trade that we uh, <laughs> yes. received. Oh us. yeah, yeah. So let's go, Puck guy fourteen. Uh, our puck guy you know him you love him puck guy puck guy host of after dark and general workhorse of teal town usa uh he says uh, toronto acquires alexander barabana 50 percent retained uh luke cunning oh barabana going back to the leaves luke cunning mario ferraro uh a 2025th fourth round pick which is winnipeg's pick uh in return san jose gets again Nick Robertson, Ryan Reeves, Max Domi, and Timothy Lilligren in a first. Uh, My favorite part about this is, and I said it at the start of the year, Max Domi will be the trade deadline casualty of the Maple Leafs. I said it when he got signed. I was like, this, he's going to have his big old glorious hometown comeback where 
he will be yet again moved at the deadline. So coming to San Jose, why not? <laughs> um, fuck. I mean, Toronto says no to this, but <laughs> but at the same time, again. <laughs> Brad Tree Living's a terrible GM. I just, I can't see him throwing, like, Toronto says no because, again, I'm going to go back to the same thing. There's guys here that I just can't see Toronto throwing overboard before the playoffs. It's that simple. Max Wait. Domi, maybe, but I just, I, I don't think Ryan Reeves, I think Ryan Reeves is there. I think he's there for a reason. Um, for better or for worse, for least fans, I think he's there for a reason. Um I, if I'm the Sharks, yeah, of course I do this deal. But I just, I, I think if I'm Toronto, I, I hang up the phone. You're getting two young players. I mean, this is from the Sharks side. You're getting Nick Robertson. You're getting Timothy Lilligren, and you're getting a first. I yeah, do not just, care it's, about it's Ryan Reeves and Max Domi. It's just massive overpay. Yeah. But if Brad Tree leaving calls you and gives you this offer. Uh, Puck, like, please call Brad Tree, Tree Living immediately. Um, you fucking I'll be, accept I'll it. I'll be Gary standing by while you take that call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Puck, I, let us know. Let us know what he says, please. But like, you absolutely take it. Uh, he would waive, I think, his no. Oh, does fucking Bear Bonifaz with no movement he does cause have he might no trade? I think. Okay. Let me let me let me go bring In this, this up. imaginary, I think there world. is there is trade protection there. I believe. Oh, uh, Alexander Barabano well, well, has a no-trade clause, um, modified no-trade. While you look this up, one of the reasons why I would say no if I'm Toronto here is, I mean, you know, who knows how the team's going to be in two weeks. We, we see how hot and cold that market always seems to be. Whether the Maple Leafs are doing well or bad, it, it seems to be hot and cold. They were, they were crying that the Maple Leafs season was over because they were 10th overall in the standings at some point. So, uh, but... Right now they are on fire, and so why would you do such a massive shakeup like like trading in three players and trading out four players? That just seems like too much of a shakeup if Agreed. to be the Maple Leafs. Look at what happened with the Penguins a couple of years ago. Uh, one of the previous TTGs that we did, where I I warned the Penguins about bringing in five bodies at the trade deadline, and then they ended up not making the playoffs. And, I, and if Toronto's not in danger of missing the playoffs, but that might be that might mess up the chemistry a little too much. Also, I see like, what you're going for, but I think that would not work out for Toronto. There. Yeah, you're I think when you look at sorry, Jules, I, I, I think no, when you look not. at the the trade, like when you look at like current trade rumors and stuff, I can see how puck guy got here. But yeah, I, I I agree. Like I just think this is too. It's too much. I think uh, Toronto's way overpaying for. Yeah. Is Barabanov uh, got a no movement clause? He has a 10 team no trade. Mm, okay. Interesting. I mean, I think he waves it for Toronto, but like on the expectation, he actually gets the opportunity to play this time. Puck guy just wants to get rid of Barabanov. Um, Puck guy noted Barabanov. So when, Toronto, when Toronto says no. Uh, so Alexander Barabanov, uh, sorry, to the Vancouver Canucks, uh, Alexander Barabanov, Mario Ferraro, uh, San Jose acquires Tyler Myers, a 2024th sixth round pick. They get theirs back. Um, and a 2025 second round pick becomes a first round pick. If Bar you can't do that, that doesn't work. 
Uh, he says becomes the first round pick if Barbie re- is re-signed to reach the conference finals. You can no longer do a deal that has any clause of having people re-sign. That I is against the that. CBA. Yes, it is. That's been since the COVID CBA. That is no longer allowed. Uh, you can you can uh, you can do go it on how far playoffs are reached, but you cannot you can no longer do a pick based on if they resign or not. No wonder the sharks are trying to do that. They're trying to sneak their way, sneak <laughs> old clauses that don't work. And um, I don't know how to feel about this trade. <laughs> I don't like this trade. Um, again, I I think that Ferraro is a bigger commodity than Sharks fans are willing to give him credit for. And Tyler Myers is having his best season in a long time, but that's just a a buyer beware. Uh, I know there, there has been talk about Myers on the market, and his trade value is actually pretty good. But the Sharks, I just... Why would the Sharks make that move? You know, um, I, I I don't think the rewards are there um, to yeah. So move Tyler Myers, uh, six million dollars, but as a pending UFA. I mean, it makes sense oh, if you're yeah. if you're if the Canucks if if you're trying to do other things. Um, like obviously, this trade doesn't happen in a vacuum. I think yeah. it makes sense for the Sharks, but again. I, yeah, I, you know, I think it's good. I think you, you know, you keep you keep saying that, you know, maybe Mario Ferrer's value is a little higher than some of us feel it is, and I think that's fair. Um, I, I, if I'm the Sharks, I say no. Yeah, no, yeah. I just I don't, I don't know. think I don't know. I just don't think the return's good enough. Okay, so right. uh, it's it's not listed here, but okay. what, after the Maple Leafs and the Canucks. Uh, both said no, or no, the Sharks said no to the Canucks. Sorry on that one. Uh, we focus south of the border, and we go back to Broadway. Now, I've already made my comments about Duclair to the Rangers, but this one is Mario Ferraro uh, donning a blue shirt, which actually I can totally see uh, with Anthony Duclair, which I cannot see, um, for Capo Caco, Braden Schneider, and a second-round pick that becomes a first-round pick if the Rangers reach the Cup final. Um, is that an overpay, or is it just me for the, for the I think Rangers? it's an overpay for the Rangers, absolutely, yeah. uh, 100% on that. Um, but I do think Capo Caco is a huge wild card in this trade deadline that has gotten getting nearly enough press because I think that the Rangers want to make a move and he is the P I know the Rangers want to make a long-term move, not mm-hmm. just a short-term move. And Capo Caco is the perfect piece to dangle out. If teams think he still has potential, I just, I don't see, I don't know if you, if you simplify it and make it Caco for Ferraro one for one. Hmm. Oh, Hmm. Oh, I mean, if I'm the Sharks, I accept this all day. Like, you put Capo Caco, you oh, yeah. pair him up with, like, one of, if Hurdle comes back, you have uh, Granlin or Eklund, you pair him up, something could happen there. Um, and then you, you also said Braden Schneider. Yeah, right? I would take Braden Schneider over Ferrara. <laughs> yeah, no, same. Um, if I'm the Sharks, I'm taking this. If I'm the, the, oh my God, the Rangers, I'm like, why am I making this trade? 
Capo Caco is an interesting player to me because he's a guy that you just you want to see more from him obviously I just I would like to know like I'd like to go and really deep dive on Capo Caco and figure out who he's been playing with the most because I have I think a big reason why Alex Lafreniere has kind of had like a resurgence is because he's been playing with Panarin. Yeah. And I wonder if that has been tried with Kako, because I think if you can't play with Panarin, you can't play in the NHL. That's valid. So that's, that would be my question. I have to, I'd have to do a much deeper, deeper dive. Um, on the next blue tinted glasses, yeah. a deep dive into Capo Caco. I'd like, I'd like to see that. Um, Ricky in the chat saying Capo Caco is not interesting. He'd be next. He'd be our next Philip Zadina, and I can see that at though. that point, like at this point with Capo Caco, he might not be wrong. I, I would not do. If I'm the re- like if I'm the Sharks again, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I don't think I would do a one for one for for Capo Caco and Mario Ferraro. I don't think okay. I'd do it. Okay. Honestly, Braden Schneider kind of bumps me up on that wanting yeah, to take. Uh, I know. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But like, what are you I, doing? I agree. Because what are you doing if you're the Sharks? You're grabbing another winger, which I don't really yeah. think the Sharks. The Sharks are flushed with wingers. They have a lot of them, and they have more in the pipeline. Like I don't, I just, I don't, I don't know. But man. I think if like, Capo hits, like I know this is like an if, and it's a very much a wild card. But like, if he hits, it's like a previous second round pick, like second overall pick. Sure. Like I don't. But I don't think he's gonna hit. That's but I thing. just, I just, I, I think at this point now, like. I look at some guys are just busts. <laughs> like yeah. I think it's I think some people are declared busts way too soon, but I feel like Capo yeah. Caco's been in the league long enough now that I think we can kind of be a little more comfortable in in saying that. Like I, I think a lot of guys get called busts way too prematurely, but I feel like Capo Caco's been around a long enough time now that I don't know. I think it's you know I I, I think the title kind I mean... of fits. Right now, he has in thirty-five games, seven goals, four assists, eleven points. Like What's compared his to his, ice time, because I'm guessing he's playing only about ten uh, minutes, eleven, thirteen minutes. minutes. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And the last year, his ice time, his ice time dropped. Uh, the year before that, he had fifteen. So, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Actually, I think I would, I would take keep Ferraro over. Uh, yeah, over no, now too, but uh, I just, I just, Schneider, I just don't think Capocaco addresses a need going forward for the Sharks. What's that? I just don't think he addresses a need going forward for the Sharks. They, they no, have so not many particularly, of that especially if the Sharks are as high on Gushin as it's been talk, bantered about. Mm-hmm. Um, no, uh, again, Kako's got a much higher ceiling than Gushin does, but. Um, Kako, like you said, has been around long enough that um, he should be performing more than he is. And, and yeah, that's uh, that. I my favorite part about this particular discussion is that we were folks in the chat were aware that Jules' screen froze long ago, but she yes. seems very intrigued by this. I mean, look at that <laughs> face. She's like, huh, huh. <laughs> so 
I love it. Um, I will say the Sharks, especially on right wing, I think. As I recall, Capo Caco is a right winger. I might be yep, wrong. Yes. Correct me yep, in the yes. chat. They they do have a few of those coming up. So like, they don't necessarily need another one. Of course, it's great to have a plateau of right wingers. But like, the more I'm thinking about it, the more like maybe not one for one for Ferraro. If you and, and this is a team. guy that Mike Greer is also going to be very familiar with as at this, as well. Bu or where did he go? Boston. No, because he was in the Rangers organization. Oh where, yeah, that came too. From, yeah, right. So Mike Greer oh, yeah, like, yeah. is a like Mike Greer is. It, it, this is a guy that Mike Greer is going to be very, very familiar with at this point. So you know, maybe maybe he sees something that none of us do. But I, I have my doubts. I'm just curious who he was playing with because like I'm curious if it's like a, a thing where like you pair him with the right center, like the guy's just going to implode. You know what I mean? Yeah, like but, I mean, again, he's mostly playing on their third line. Um, from what I can tell, he's generally been playing on their third line with Brudzinski yeah. and uh, yeah. I don't, like, by, by the way, congrats to former Shark and Barracuda Johnny Brodzinski on a two-year contact extension at age thirty. Yeah, good for him. I don't know. I just I look at that and I'm just I don't know, man. Like I just there's there's too much buyer beware of the Sharks. <sighs> Enough. I mean, I mean, there's. There's always room for a reclamation project. I feel like the Sharks have a lot of those right now. No, the, uh, the I don't. Honestly, again, I've said this before. The thing that intrigues me about this trade is the Schneider guy. And that's sure. Yeah. But again, I, I, I just I can't imagine. No, I get that. I get that. Like, like I just I just can't. I, I, I just why would you trade for for Mario Ferraro? Braden Schneider, I just I can't see if I'm the Rangers. I don't, I I don't even phone. one for one from a Rangers perspective, it doesn't make sense. Rangers hang yeah. up the phone. The Rangers love Braden Schneider. Right? Yeah, they like, do. Like, I just they, they hang up the phone. Um, Capo Caco is uh, has is on his final year of his contract. He has uh, arbitration eligible RFA uh, in the summer. He's only making two point one million, but I just again I feel like I wonder like do they even if they don't trade him do they even qualify him? I wonder if he's a, if, you know, I mean, the cap's going up, so maybe he's not going to be such a, a casualty, but I wonder if he's a guy that doesn't get a QO to take away his arbitration rights. Not that he has a good arbitration. Case. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. This is a interesting trade. But... All right. Um, I think I have one more. Uh, do you have anything yeah. else, Kevin, before I, uh, before I finish on? No, the... no, no. Just thanks for those puck guy. Cause those yes. were, uh, those were creative for sure. So yeah. we're able to break those down pretty good. I like that. Uh, Matt Morrison at Elon Musk sucks on Twitter. Elon Musk does suck for the record. Uh, Jack Campbell in a first to the San Jose Sharks for nothing. Uh, future considerations. Future considerations. Yes. my favorite. I heard player. they have a point strike going up future considerations. So there you go. Um, I don't sure. I don't know. How long is that Campbell contract? Eh? Uh, it's, it's like, like, four, like, it's like three years. more years to infinity that. and beyond. No, I think it's three more years after this at 3.85 per. So I don't think the I mean, yes, right now, Jack Campbell is platooning in Bakersfield. So the contract is horrible in that respect. But like the, the Sharks, if they were to do this, they're not putting Jack Campbell on the Barracuda. They'd be putting no, him no, on the no. Sharks. And but that, I don't think it's the worst contract for them to absorb and if you get a first round pick for it sure 
Sure. Get me another defenseman in this draft, please. 26, um, 27. He signed until 26, 27. So here's the thing. I, I don't hate this trade. I think it makes sense for both teams. I think Edmonton yeah. obviously pays a premium to get rid of, to get some cap space because even with Jack Campbell in the AHL, he's still counting almost 4 million against the Oilers cap. Um, first round pick is a, is a big price to get rid of this. I still think they take something back other than future considerations, but so, I, I just I wonder s- if this is a deal where, where, where Capo Kakinen goes the other way. Yeah. Maybe that's what I was going to say. Like if Capo Kakinen's added the other way, I feel like the sharks are going to want something else from Edmonton, not just the first. I feel like, yeah, Broberg. Yeah would have so, to yeah so you're saying first campbell and something for kakinen i can see that oh and alex Stalock. yeah no of course no oh, yeah Pip's <laughs> saying, <laughs> saying to anaheim e2 mcanyemi to san jose alex Stalock. so we can have one <laughs> other an hour an hour long show of what alex Stalock coming back to the sharks like we okay. like i did once and got roasted endlessly for it um no but i think if you do campbell a first broberg for capo kakinen that's too much I think really? Too much too. Yeah, I, yeah. I, the first I think the first because look at Jack Campbell has term. I mean, Jack. I don't hate the idea because here's the thing, right? The Sharks are not going to be good next year. They're probably not going to be good the year after that. They might start to be good on the last year of that after deal. Darks. On the last year of that deal, they might be okay. And again, you know, the, is Mackenzie Blackwood still good at that time? Who knows? I, the only thing that concerns me is is just the term because I feel like the Sharks have done a good job with their goaltending of late of signing guys to short deals and kind of seeing what they have. They haven't like, yeah, you know, I, I hope they don't go against that this year and be like, oh, here, Kapokako, Kakinen, you know, we, we didn't trade you and now you're going to get a four-year deal. Like that would probably make my head hurt. But <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, again, I don't think I, I think when you look at the Sharks window, like it's not a terrible contract to eat. I, I no, no, it's you're, not. You're, you can split time between him and Blackwood, which is fine. And and sorry, goalies are voodoo. Yes, I think the contract is twice as much as what he should be making because I've sure. never been a Jack Campbell guy. But into the coming into the season, there were questions about. Blackwood and Kakinen, and mm-hmm. that's been the only fun thing watching the Sharks for this season. So, like, who's to say Jack Campbell all of a sudden doesn't resurrect himself and become Mackenzie Blackwood uh, on this team? Um, I, I don't know. I don't. I I actually kind of like this idea. Plus, um, future considerations was uh, once upon a time Vincent Praplin and. Uh, he just won the Champions Hockey League for Genève Servette today. So, uh, hey, future considerations is not the worst option for Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, I think it's it's something that I think Edmonton would obviously consider to because I think they're going to want to do some things. Look, at this is a team that, again, like the these teams are teams that have to win. They have to win now. And they're under the gun to win now. And I think... It, you know, cap space, unfortunately, comes at a premium. Now, look at the cap is going to go up next year and then it's going to go up the year after that. And we're actually going to finally see the cap start moving. But the Oilers aren't a team that can just throw away another playoff year. No, they can't. Not with McDavid and uh, Dreisaitl contracts like almost expiring. Um, I was going to say something, but my mind blank. What I will say is like if I'm the Sharks, I am calling Edmonton and dangling Kakanen in front of them. 
just to see what they would offer for Kakinen. And I think you do that with a lot of teams who need goaltending, like the Rangers, not the Rangers, fuck, uh, Devils, uh, Hurricanes. Uh, their goaltending is like steel glass, so maybe not them, but yeah. So Ricky's saying in the chat, um, this feels like we're making the same mistake we made with Hill versus Reimer. Why are we shipping out Kakinen and the younger of the pair when, he, when they've been more comparable? Again, I think that here's the thing with, with Kapo Kakinen, right? If, if if the Sharks like him that much, they can circle back to him in free agency. Yeah. But the, but the other thing is, is like, you know, again, I think he's had a good year, but he always seems to have really good years when he's due money. <laughs> like he, he had a good, he came over to San Jose. He was due a contract. I thought he played really well. I was really happy with Capo Kakinen when he came over. Um, but again, like... You never know what you're going to get year to year, man. I still, I, I still don't lose any sleep about Aiden Hill, and, and maybe I'm in the minority about that. I don't lose sleep. You know why? Because Aiden Hill plays behind one of the best defensive groups in the league, and now that he's is good. very true. And the Sharks like, are not he... bad. Like I, I know people like lose, and and it's fine. I mean, if you want to lose sleep over Aiden Hill, do it. But I mean, given the information at the time, like Aiden Hill was not good in San Jose. At any point, no. there was n- like it's one of those things that just it, it sucks, right? And it's one of those things. That you're right. Maybe Kapo Kakinen goes somewhere and he becomes like he becomes Mika Kiprasov, and then we can all be like, "Fuck you, stupid idiot!" And fine, that'll be fine. But I don't know, man. Like I still watched Kapo Kakinen play last year, and I worry what happens when when that goalie comes back. I, I think the Sharks. It's going to be hard because they, they're going to have to basically make some decisions in goal that are going to be tricky. Um, but I also think that they're so far from contending that they don't have to solve goaltending right now either. No, and they don't. Like, you think about when all these, like, guys that are coming in, like Smith, Musty, Cagnoni, Halton, and, like, are actually going to start hitting in and actually uh, contributing to the team. I don't see that happening until 25, 26. Like, so they have time to figure out their goaltending um, and like maybe Kapanen or Kapanen, not Kapanen, uh, maybe Kakinen or Blackwood is the answer, but there are no maybe. rush, I think, right now to figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I, I, like, I if 100% you can get agree. An, if you can get a first round pick for Kakinen, like at this point, I'm taking that. 100%. Kevin? Uh, I just wanted to make a comment on the other thing that Ricky said in the chat, which was. Blackwood was an AHLer last year. Blackwood was playing with a torn MCL and a pulled groin. That's yeah. why he was in the AHL last year. And he's yeah. rebounded, which only goes back to the point that I said about, you never know, goalies are yeah. voodoo. Jack Campbell comes in, first round pick. Suddenly Jack Campbell is a good year next year. Ship him back out, get another pick or something. You know? or, or keep him like all the points you just said about Blackwood versus Kakanen right there. So. Also, if that's an unprotective 2025 first, sign me up. That <laughs> yeah, draft 100%. is loaded. <laughs> like, if the Edmonton Oilers fall off a cliff and end up with a second overall pick, we're getting Michael fucking Misa to the San Jose Sharks. Like, sign me up. So, okay, so so the question was why Reimer over an unproven... I'm not moving the goalposts. I don't think I'm moving the goalposts at all. Um, why Reimer over an unproven guy? Reimer had a really good season, or did we forget that? Last year? No, the, they didn't not, no oh, his last year in Kiel was not like good, but the year before yeah, yeah. that, I was he was very good. Like, yeah, 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 for sure. 15 or whatever. Like, he was good. Like, the, the, 
I don't think you're shifting the goalposts. I think you you took a veteran guy again for a team that's that's why you trade Reimer. Sure, I guess, but I mean, again, it doesn't sure. matter. Like, like when they could have trade Reimer, they didn't. And last year at the trade line deadline, he was jack sh- awful garbage. Yeah, no, he was bad. Like, obviously, the, the, his last year in San Jose it didn't work out, right? But I think you you looked at the you looked at the team. You said who was going to give you the best goaltending, um, and that's what they did. I don't know. I yeah. I don't hate it. I mean, I can understand why people are upset that Vegas won a Stanley Cup with San Jose's goalie, and and you know we're gonna cry about that forever. And I get it, but like again, I don't really lose sleep over it because again, I think Vegas is a really fucking good team, and I think that what? you don't need elite goaltending yeah. to win Stanley Cups, and we've seen that time and time again. You just need a goalie to get hot at the right time and a team in front of them that can put pucks in the net. What I will say is, make sure you get a goalie back if you're trading CAC capo because none of the young guns are ready to take over like i don't want a repeat of us throwing crown into the fucking wolves or throw us oh, i don't throwing think would be the guy they'd bring up anyway but i i don't know i mean again you can you can do that you can solve that problem and are they bringing up romanov no like none of the uh, young guns no, no, are no. really ready so no, that's no, my no. other concern sharks need to draw take a gamble on it that's that's not, 100%. This is not to do that but yeah i don't know no they do they, they i think they that's the thing the sharks need to the Sharks need to actually draft a decent goalie prospect that can, you know, be somewhat ready for when this team is actually good and then patchwork until we get there. I don't know. Um, I feel like we, I didn't uh, expect have... that comment for, or that proposal from Matt Morrison would get such a <laughs> lengthy discussion. Oh, yeah. But, but good one on you, Matt Morrison. <laughs> Thanks for submitting. Thanks to everybody for submitting your offers. Yeah. Uh, we hope we, uh, you know, gave it the good, honest try on why one team would or wouldn't versus the other. That was the name of the game. And hopefully we can make it a yearly segment. I think this has been a fun yeah, discussion. Yeah, I think I'd like to do some more stuff like this because I think it's fun. Like the, the Barracuda are fun. Like, don't get me wrong. I like talking about the Barracuda. But the Barracuda, like, it's hard to give them, like, when you cover them, like, when we're starting to cover them as regularly as we are doing shows on the Barracuda, there's only so much to talk about with the Barracuda because, like, they're a last place team. The trade deadline is a thing in the AHL, but it's nowhere near what it is in the NHL. Like, so it's nice to have like topics like this that are kind of like things that we can kind of have fun and goof off with. Um, so I'd like to kind of do this uh, more going forward. I think with uh, not obviously this specifically, but other fun things like this that uh, we can goof off and kill over an hour on. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, any final thoughts, guys, so we can get out of here? William Eklund is not getting traded. <laughs> I'm done. Good night. Where where can they find you, Jules? Oh yeah, I'm at Sharks Jules. Uh, at maybe there's an underscore there. I may have said that wrong. There probably is an underscore there. Is there. An there, underscore there is. There. Yeah. Okay. Cool. At Sharks <laughs> underscore Jules, I post on Twitter sometimes about prospects. But if you if you want updates on prospects, I will update sometimes. Yeah. Um. You can uh, follow me at Ian Blogs Hockey on the Twitter machine. I think I'm also Ian Blogs Hockey on Blue Sky. If you're there, I haven't really used it yet. I don't know. I'm I, I use so little social media now that um, I don't think. I don't know. Yeah, I, whatever. Social media is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, I'm at Kevin Lacey twenty two. My final thoughts. I got three of them. I'll keep them brief though. First <laughs> off, Jules and I went to the Sharks game on Monday and. Uh, a fan came up, wished Jules all the best. What about me? 
I'm standing here too. I'm on the podcast. We're doing the show together. What the heck? Okay. I realize Jules is on way more than I am. Point taken. I need to step my game up. So uh I'll make it I'll make it a goal to uh become more noticeable here the rest of the season. <laughs> um speaking of noticeable, some people have asked uh why at the Barracuda the games lately, Emily Harlan has been filling in full time as the arena host. And unfortunately, uh, you know, as polarizing of a person as he is, uh, Aaron Fonseca had a health uh, emergency oh, no. that he's been oh, dealing no. with. So, um, yeah, it's pretty bad. So uh, I do wish all the best to Aaron in his recovery. And uh, I, I, I don't think it's my place to say what's going on. It is public knowledge, but I don't feel it's my place to say um, but you know, get well soon, Aaron, and and keep fighting the good fight. And uh, yeah, ZMZ, La- man, I love it. Yeah, the last little bit, and this part goes to news. You know, since the AHL All Star Classic, one great positive thing with the local media has happened, where KTVU Channel Two has actually started including barracuda information in their news ticker every morning well not every morning but on game day morning so uh there was a game last week where i think it was the the, the one where bakersfield dis- uh, got destroyed by the barracuda and uh, the score was right there in the ticker right after the sharks loss and uh, <laughs> of course and then- and then this morning, it even said Barracuda host Coachella Valley at TechCU Arena tonight. And I was just like, wow, finally some local news media. I'm not expecting the world. It's minor league sports here. But, I mean, NBC won't even cover the Sharks highlights at the end of the night. And they're the parent company. So good on you, Channel 2 KTVU, for giving the Sharks and some Barracuda, some Barracuda love here. So. That's awesome. Uh, Phipps saying that uh, I am on the Teal Town trade block. Um, no other podcast <laughs> can afford me. I think I think all the other podcasts, like, they, they don't swear, and I do a lot. So I just, I don't think there's a fit there. Um, I, I did not know there was a trade block. Eh? <laughs> apparently there is, and I'm, I'm Apparently gone. there is. Didn't we, didn't we trade Hockey Jerk to Pittsburgh a couple years ago and then signed him back? Isn't we did. That, wasn't that a thing? Yeah, yeah. Stay yeah. tuned for the Teal Town trade deadline. All right. Um, in case you missed it or you want to watch this uh, puppy again, you can always find it on the YouTube. You can find the audio on any audio platform that you can probably think of. If you can't find it, let me know, and I will make sure we f- make sure it is there. Uh, you can always, again, if you want to help us out, liking, subscribing, hitting the bell, all that fun YouTube stuff you're supposed to do. Uh, We had some really good conversation on this, so if you have any thoughts of your own, be sure to hit us up in the comment section below. But other than that, uh, we appreciate you all being here, and we will see you on the next one.